Welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased, our stories about growing up as people of colour. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up with Galdem. So before we kick off this episode, we want to let you know that we discuss themes like depression, self-harm, anxiety, and substance abuse. In this episode, we'll be speaking to singer and songwriter Sasha Keeble. Sasha's from South London, proudly repping, and has been interviewed for a range of publications from Vogue to Dazed and released her EP, Man, this April. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sasha. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself um, and any exciting projects that you're working on at the moment? I am a singer-songwriter from South London, as you said, and I am just currently working on new music to put out. Um, There's a new single coming very soon, because there always is. (laughs) And then I'm going to be putting out, uh, I think I'm going to be putting out an EP in about February time again another one so that's exciting exciting. and obviously we were just chatting about your and Liv's uh, hedonistic youth you guys have known each other for a long time a long time (laughs) how did you meet terrible just through friends like I think through jazz through a mutual friend that we have yeah called Jazz who was at the Brit school with you yeah and lots of people and as you do South Londoners, we became we just, friends. Everyone <laughs> in South London at that time was friends. So anyone who was 14 and liked to party yeah. was friends. I was a reckless 15, 14-year-old. I'm really boring now. So. <laughs> did you guys um, sort of, I mean, did you see in Sasha like a talent at that time? Lived? Were you like, I did, I did. I a... remember listening to like, to your, to your my early my stuff. Face. I was like, yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and you've always had such a beautiful voice. So yeah, definitely. Oh, thanks. Yeah, no, I like I feel like I was always trying to be like the centre of attention. <laughs> I don't remember that. No. I don't remember that. No, not at all. <laughs> um presumably Liv was a big character back then as well. Yeah. I don't think I was. I think you were. <laughs> I think you were a lot louder than you think you were. Do you think? Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, we were. You talking. had a big birthday party where like fifty people came to Brixton Nando's. Do you oh remember my God, that? I do remember that. <laughs> and like, yeah. for, like for anyone to have fifty people to come anywhere. I mean, Maybe. I guess we were younger. I don't know. Yeah, it was just like people would turn up. Even yeah, if they went but, but I do. I do remember that. I do. We were talking as well because um, obviously, like with the book, all of us have kind of been going back through all of our old extracts diaries, Facebook chats. And the story that I wrote in the book was going back through my old Facebook messages oh because God. I didn't have any diaries. And Sasha reminded me that I sent her a message when I was like 15 being like, 
I think what was it? I think you I'm, I'm bi curious, which is awful. and I was like, but that was like the first time that I'd I had a conversation with someone about like my sexuality because I also was like, maybe I'm bi, like I really am not sure, and like then you you were like, I'm bi curious. <laughs> where did I get that? I from? don't know where you got that from. I was like, we were like 15 at the time when you said that to me, and I was like, we were like chatting. I remember exactly where I was when we were chatting and I was like, wow, bi-curious. Like, I didn't know that's a thing. And you were like, you were like, it's when you don't really know if you're bi, but you're kind of curious about it. And why, like, why do you think that you guys felt comfortable enough around each other to have that conversation mm. in the first place? I don't know. I think, I, I, I think maybe when you're young, like there's less of a filter. There's yeah. less of a fear of like of judgment. And I feel like that fear of judgment is something that I've learned growing up rather than yeah. something that I had in me. Yeah, that's interesting, young. isn't it? Because you like you wanted to tell people like your truth and you wanted to Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it was important. I wanted to, you know, that was my dramatic truth at yeah. the time. It was almost like it was all like it was kind of as well. I feel like when you were younger, it was like the more like stuff like interesting, like, do you know what I mean? It was like, ooh. I mm. always remember being like, ooh, lives. Oh, bi curious. <laughs> I don't have any bi curious friends. Like, like Google that and like you must have. You must have. That's so. Funny. But that was the first thing I was like, oh, cool. Like that's actually an option. Like, do you mm-hmm. know? Not being, I don't know what bi curious <laughs> is, but do you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like maybe I am bi. That's fine. I've got another friend that's bi as well, so all good. That's interesting. But so, yeah, do you wanna do you wanna read us your diary entry yes. from around that period of time? Are you ready? I'm gonna block out the guy's name who yeah, yeah, gets mentioned in it because I don't wanna reference anyone. He's out of my life. Okay. It's amazing how one second I'm fine, everything's great, and then out of nowhere my mind rips me apart, shows me all of my weaknesses. In health, in my career, in my friendships and relationship. I can't quite understand how or why my mind does it and how my body reacts to what happens. How no matter what I feel like, I'm being pulled under by this great force which is much bigger than me, pushing me in all the wrong directions. It shows me everything. My mind is so susceptible to pain, depression, but not my own because I don't think I'm a depressive person. Lol, little did I know that. Little little did I know. Um, For some reason, I'm dragged down by this. I want to live and be happy. I want to be happy so bad, but I feel like I might never be. I know it's a stupid way to think. It's hard though because I am so happy. And then it goes on for a while. How do you feel reading that out? I feel like nothing's changed. Like, I feel like that's my, like, even I obviously sent you, like, the one from when I was, like, eight or whatever or nine. or, And even that, like, the tone of my writing is just, like, not much has changed. Like, I still go through those same emotions. I'm still, like, I have days where I'm so, so happy and then I have days where I'm madly Like, now I actually know that I am a depressive person. I have depression and, I, you know, I have to manage it and take tablets for it. And that, it's just, it's just, yeah, it just makes me feel like I was, I was, I was, at least I was aware of it. Do you know what I mean? I feel like at at 15 to be, like, conscious of the fact that I'm having these, like, off days and on days. It's just, it's just facts. Like, it's just what my life is now. It's a very, like, vivid description in, in that 
piece of writing of, of how you're feeling and, and I'm what such that... a writer. Like, I mean, of it's course. It's so annoying. I was like, reading it and I was like, God, you had to make it poetic, didn't you? Like, couldn't have just been, ah, da, da, da. No, of course not. Yeah. Um, did you ever think that, you know, you'd be sharing these words with someone else? Never. Like, never in a million years. Those books are just, I, I've kept them because they're memories, but I don't even look at them. Like, really? once this done... I'm very like I still write all my songs down in books in like the same black mo- like moleskins that I've got like that's just always been my thing like my little black book that's why one mm. of my EPs was called Black mm-hmm. Book because it's like my thing and like to once I've turned the page and like kind of done I'm done with that page that page just never gets looked at again mm. so like to go back on it was weird like I opened it up and I was like oh god what am I gonna find in here do you just have like stacks and stacks and stacks yeah of like tons of them because I when I started going to therapy when I was like when I put myself into therapy when I was self-harming when I was a child um I that was what the woman said to me she was like start writing, start writing down your emotions. So then that's when I started writing these books. And like most of the books are just like massive, like you see how big that first bit of writing that I sent you was. Like massive like that, just like I hate everything, I hate my life, I want to have... And then it got slowly more and more neat and to like this and then it turned into kind of, yeah, more like, yeah, just little... Nothing. I don't. I don't really write diary entries anymore. Yeah. I just write songs now. How, how? I mean, if you don't like going back over the diary entries, how do you find it? Having you know, with a song, presumably you have to sing it over and over again. And is it still? Yeah, I just think it's more. I spend a lot of time. I can't really. So I'm very much. I, I was even saying this the other day. I can't really write when I'm in the emotion. So like right now, I'm going through a breakup. And but it's all good. Like and but when I'm in my really sad days, I can't write. Like mm-hmm. last week, I was supposed to, I, ha- I was in the studio and I was just bawling my eyes out and I couldn't do it. And I've realised so much that I write way better in hindsight. From hindsight, I'm not sure how to say that. But just when the emotion isn't like overwhelming, and I just write so much more clearly. And then the songs become for me like cathartic, like therapeutic. Like I can listen back to them and they because of the way that I write, they bring up new meaning to, to my, like every time that I listen to them, I might be really happy and be like, wow, I can't believe I felt like that. Or I'm so grateful that I don't feel like that anymore. And, or I might be really sad and be like, thank God I've got this song to like, tell me how I really feel. Like, but it's all, I, I, I find it, I find it quite easy with songs to go back over them. But I would never go back over the lyrics. Once I, once the lyrics are done, that's, that's it. it. The page oh, closed, so all the little notes that are around. Because I tend to write in the sense of, once I come up with an idea, I'll just start brainstorming and just writing down everything that I feel towards that. It doesn't have to make sense. It doesn't have to, you know, be necessarily poetic or whatever it just has to be how I feel about that situation and then I'll start picking parts as I'm going through the song and the melodies I'll be like cool that bit fits there that bit fits there that's a really nice way to sum it up in the chorus or whatever but there's so many notes that don't get used mm-hmm. so like all of those little notes like I'm just like no cool bye yeah. later you're you know I understand that creative process though because I, I hear a lot about writers or just creatives in general who go back over and back over and back over their work and I've never I've never had that. Yeah, like either. once once I've like d- done all my notes and I've pulled out things I want my piece or whatever to say, that's kind of it. Yeah. So I do get Very that. Agreed, agreed. I do get it's that. Done. It's, it's done. It's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I just it is it is that though. It has to be for me because I've otherwise it's just 
I don't want to bring up those emotions again. And I think it's a bit like torturing yourself a little bit once yeah. you once you got. There are some writers that do that though. Like I've worked with people that are like they'll just pull everything back up and like work on a song. Like I can't work on a song for more than a day. Like mm. once we, if I don't write that song in a day, really mo- ninety. 8% of the time, that's it. I'll just move on and start a new song. That's fascinating. Because I just don't think I'm in the same mind space. I'm not, I can't connect to it in the same way that I could yesterday. Because it's so like, Fresh. it has to be yeah. that moment in time, how I was feeling. Interesting. In your extract, you you kind of, at the end, you say, oh, you know, I don't think I'm a depressive person. And you kind of stopped when you were reading that and said, oh my God, how little did I know that this would be my experience. How What has your journey been like kind of coming to terms with or better understanding your mental health? Yeah. Especially as, you know, being in the public eye doing music, it's a lot, it's a lot of pressure, so. Yeah, I've just learned to be very open about it. Like, I don't... If it makes... I completely understand that there's, like, I have to be wary of... Like, th- that was actually only something I realised when I did a piece on self-harming and, and, like, talking about my journey with that because I've been really open with depression, really open with anxiety, but never really spoke to anyone about self-harming because I don't really understand why I did that to myself from such a young age. And it is... It's really hard for my family to hear as well, more so than, like, depression or anxiety Mm. as you can probably imagine like hearing that your kid or your niece or whatever is you know hurting herself from when she was like seven like that's not you're like Mm. why like and then I was like oh god okay I have to be more careful and like put trigger warnings because there are I'm not really like that I don't really get triggered by stuff like that but obviously I completely get that other people are so it's been it's been like a journey like I feel much happier now being open about it and speaking to people about like you know even just saying like oh yeah like I take tablets for like my depression and stuff like that there's like things that you can say you're depressed you can say that but saying that you're on tablets like it's a bit like makes people I've seen people cringe about it and be like oh like like oh are you okay and I'm like babe I'm fine like keep I'm fine because of the tablets like I don't mind people knowing that I'm on antidepressants like whatever um but I think the journey through my teens into my 20s was tumultuous just because there was a lot I wasn't just dealing with my mental health my mental health was already there but I had like a massive massive loss in my family and um, like really suddenly and that threw me completely off so in the time when I probably would have been diagnosed with depression and I was getting very close to kind of working that out for myself then my stepdad died and then I just went into a hole anyway and I was just like well I'm just sad because of that and then it took me a few more years of like I really partied really hard and was like really drinking loads and taking loads of drugs and like just just trying to forget about you know, whatever, you know, the whole situation. And then I realised, okay, cool, this isn't because I'm sad anymore. This, because of my stepdad, this is, I'm just, I've been depressed for ages. Gosh, figuring out that, that must have been so... It was, well, then I was like, well, because now I'm like, well, I'm now like abusing alcohol and drugs. So Mm. this is like, it's it's more serious now than just grief or like just depressed, like not, I don't know how to explain it. Like it just, it got to like a real pivotal point where I was like, you have to sort this out some way. And this can't just be grief anymore. Like, it's been however many years and whatever. But 
yeah, working it out was great because then I actually started learning how to help myself. And, you know, it was hard admitting that I had depression to myself. I always knew that I had anxiety from when I was 14 and I'd self-harmed since I was seven. So I always knew that I had these like, you know, like mental health issues, but I didn't realise that saying that I was depressed was like, oh God, am I really? Like, is that really what I am? But now I realise that like, and a lot of people don't realise that I will have, I'll be so down and so upset. And then my tablets do kind of like level me out now a little bit. But then like the next day, I'll be so happy and like so vibrant and like ready to do anything. And like I'll be out and I'll be partying and I'll be just be. And people are like, whoa, like how can those two people like exist inside the same body? And I'm like, I just can. And like I don't beat myself up now when I'm when I t when I go very quickly from being sad to being very happy. Mm -hmm. Because before I felt like, well, if I've said to people that I'm depressed, maybe I have to act depressed for the rest of the day now. Do you know what I mean? And then you start getting guilty. Now I'm just like, I don't care. Like, if I go from being depressed to happy, you should be happy for me as well. And like, I'm just going to ride this wave until, yeah. until, for as long as I can. Where, what sort of role did music play in your life from a young age as well? Like, was it an anchor of sorts? Or did you feel like you couldn't access, like, your creativity when you were having bad periods of mental health? I think it was only when I got older that I started feeling like I couldn't access my creativity because when you're when depression floors you and you, you're in bed for two weeks and I wasn't answering calls and I wasn't answering emails and I couldn't talk to anyone about it and I was just in my room marinating in my own dirt like you like that was when I was like this is that was actually when I started when I went on tablets because I all I needed was to be efficient and to be able to get up in the morning and answer my phone calls and do my work. Like that was my like benchmark of like, okay, if I can do that, that's a starting point and I can work off of that. But because I couldn't even get to that point, then I was like, right, I need to, I, I've helped myself enough. I need extra help. I need to go on tablets. Like this is just not a joke anymore. Um, so music as I grew up was my therapy like that as I said earlier like my, my when I was younger and I put myself into therapy for self-harming she told me to write and then that writing that's why I don't write diary a diary entries anymore because now I just save it all for when I write my songs and that's why my songs are so important to me and they are like they are like therapy like it is it's cheaper than a therapist like it's you know I just I do just like really give everything to that and then I just listen back to it and I'm like okay cool like this is how my brain's been thinking about this this is and like there's things honestly in songs I'll just be writing get it done Two weeks later, I'll listen to the song and I'll be like, right, oh, I didn't even realise I wrote that line and that meant that to me. And like, that was how I was, it's like, it is crazy how like songs can just kind of have a life of their own once they're, once they're written and they're done. Like they do just take on this new little existence and you're like, oh, okay, cool. It is mad. It is mad. And you can, I feel like you can feel that in like, in all of your songs. I feel like it is like in your feelings kind of music. Oh, like a hundred percent. If it like... Anyone that listens to my songs and isn't like a bit like, oh, okay, oh, mm. like, I'm like, you have no song. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't really hear it. You didn't really hear it. Let me play that for you one more time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you say, I guess, to the Sasha that was writing that diary entry, age 15, age 16, kind of figuring all of this st stuff out? 
get the right help from earlier, mm. like, to, and be honest, because I was so, so shut off. Like, I really didn't, like, I'd, there was only really one friend at my school that knew that I self-harmed. And I remember once, like, she, I came in with, like, cuts and bruises on my arms and stuff, and she just, like, grabbed my arm and she was like, what have you been doing? And I was just like, nothing, nothing, whatever. Like, my parents didn't even, they, I feel like they didn't really know how to help or what to do. And I was also dealing with anxiety as well. And that was, like, panic attack, like, multiple panic attacks every day. And it was just, it took over my life. And, like, it must have been stressful. And they also had their own stuff going on. Like, and I don't like, hold that against them at all. Like, I just was very closed off in terms of my mental health issues. But I think, but I couldn't have been open because it wasn't really talked to, like, I felt embarrassed. It's only now that I can be open and I hope that that then, like, I think about my little sisters and I'm like, I hope that you know that any time you ever feel even an ounce of anything to look like where you feel like a bit off, you can talk to me or you know that it's fine to talk about. And that's why I'm like, it's okay to be on antidepressants. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to have depression. It's okay that you self-harmed or maybe are still struggling with self-harming. Like, it doesn't just go away. Like, these things are something that you do. You constantly have to monitor yourself. And yeah, I would like... Probably I wish I would have stayed in therapy for a bit longer when I was younger as well, not taken matters into my own hands as The way much. that you said that you you kind of mentioned earlier that you like took yourself yeah, to therapy. Yeah, I was going to ask. That's yeah. quite, like, how old were you when you... Seven. And how did, so how did it's you... It's mad. I just went to my school therapist. I oh. don't remember going. I don't remember making the decision to do it. Wow. I just knew that what I was doing to myself wasn't right. Mm. And I... Like, I don't remember how I made that transition. Yeah, like, so, so, somewhere in yourself. You, you but a young, that's a really young, young, yeah, Sasha, young. To, know, to know, Yeah, actually. Yeah. I think because my mum and my dad have both dealt with depression and it must have been something like a conversation that I'd overheard or, like, knew that... I knew that my mum had been in therapy as well, so maybe, like, that was something that just was triggered in my mind, but I don't remember making that decision. I just know that I was in therapy, and I I, I definitely put myself there because I didn't tell my parents that I self-harmed until I was, like, 11. Wow, OK. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, it's mad. Like, it is mad. I do, like, I'm proper grateful for, like, younger me doing that for myself. Yeah. What do you think that your younger self would think about where you are right now, especially with your career and and just like, you know, with, with, with your mental health, like you, you, you did the thing, you did the hard bit, you got yourself a medication and... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like everyone's like, oh, my younger self would be so proud. I feel like my younger self would be like, you're such a loser. Like, <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like my younger self would be like, you aren't big enough. You should probably be more successful. Like, I was such a little brat. Like, but no, like, I probably, I probably would be gas, like, for myself, but... I probably wouldn't, like, my younger self probably wouldn't be as gassed as, like, <laughs> everyone so else funny. says their younger self That's would so be. Yeah. Did you have big ambitions? Yeah, yeah, I've always been, like... I've you went to Brit school, so... I went to the yeah. Brit school, guys, so, you know... No, I, I, I've always, like, wanted and expected a lot from myself. Like, I'm ve I'm the hardest person on myself, maybe apart from my mum. My mum's pretty hard on me, but, like, <laughs> she's Latina, though, so, like, nothing's <laughs> ever good enough. Uh, oh, no, that sounded horrible. It's as well. <laughs> But like, yeah, it's just like I'm I've always expected a lot from myself and I've always just wanted to be able to just live like a 
the best life from, that I can for myself. So like, you know, I, I, I'm very, I'm very judgmental of myself and I shouldn't be. And I'm trying to be way kinder to myself, like tell myself positive things every day. And as soon as negative thoughts come in, just shut them down and be like, that's not for me. But at the same time, be constructively, constructively criticise myself daily to like make sure I'm pushing myself every day and like trying to get the best out of life. But yeah. As long as there's a bit of both in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm now I equally take more time to to do self-care and to check in with myself and meditate and do all of that stuff. So like, I'm like, I'm always looking after my brain. I'm just, yeah. Yeah, I wanted I'm, to ask a bit about that. Like in, in also in the music industry and it's like, it's, I don't know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in it, but it's, interesting and it's and it's stressful and you've had like a real journey where you've paused and then you've come and like just a lot has happened for you like how do you just like look after Sasha amidst all of that I got a dog did you get a dog yeah I did I got a dog and like because I was just so I was like if I'm gonna spend every bloody week in bed then I'm gonna have a little companion to do it with me so I got a dog and like she I it turns out now that I don't spend I rarely spend a day in bed like maybe if I'm hungover but like not really or if I've got a day off and I'm just like it's just I'm just gonna watch friends all day do like, you take it for walks and like you? yeah you like now I'm thing? out every day taking her for walks like I love being outside now I didn't realize I did not realize how much I loved nature like I love nature so much I was always like I'm a city girl get whatever, do you know what I mean? And now I'm like, get me to the woods, like, get me to a field. <laughs> We're living in this really, like, quite frightening time, right? So what advice would you give to young people who are growing up in today's kind of climate, in today's world? Make sure that you're getting your information from multiple sources and from sources that are trustworthy and that have varied opinions not just what you're being fed because I think that also like it's weird I was talking to like someone the other day and like I was always like I always thought the internet's such a big place like such a big place but it's not and it's it's your it's the reality that you create essentially do you know what I mean you don't really look at things that you don't want to look at or you don't feel connected to or whatever I just think it's really important that like I don't know. I think if you, do, and I think we need to like curate our space as well, don't we? Yeah, like you have to be very conscious of what you're seeing and conscious of what you're, what you, what you see, but you don't choose to see mm. as well. Do you know what I mean? Something stuff that is fed to you subliminally or whatever. Have you watched The Great Hack as well recently? I haven't watched oh, it. Wow. I need to watch it. Um, do you know what? Every time I go to watch it on Netflix, I'm like. <laughs> Oh, I'm just, I can't really. deal with it today. Like, I just can't deal with, like, I'm like, do I have three hours to sit and question everything afterwards? You know what? No, not right I now. I think from what you just said, you're already there. So, like, it'll just, like, affirm a lot of the right. opinions you have yeah. about the world. I just need to, I just, yeah, I think it's, like, for my little sisters, I always just think about my little sisters because they're coming into, like, teenagers now. And I'm like, it's so important that you guys create a good, healthy, like, space, even just down to, like, Making sure that you're following, like it, like for me, are they like, on social media and stuff? Yeah, for who you're yeah. following on social media. Make sure that you're following a varied amount of people with different opinions. With like, do you know what I mean? Who have different point of views? Like, uh, like for instance, following Monroe on Instagram teaches me so much stuff that mm. I didn't know. Mm -mm -mm. And like, I think it's so like, I think it's so important that we all have these different 
people to learn from and take information from, but the right people. Because it's so easy to get, like, bullshit news from, like, whoever. No, for sure. And it's just, like, and that's the scariest thing about it. Because you create your little bubble, you have to be very mindful of what you are creating and making sure that you're seeing positive stuff, like... And there's certain people who I was, like, following on, like, Twitter, say, for, like, a long time. And then, like, this year, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to mute you. Yeah. I'm going to mute you. Oh, my God. I and, like, my so mental health has improved. many people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, trust me. So much. It's so important. I, I'm, you lot are kind. I just delete people. Do delete I get stressed about it. I'm like, everything's political. <laughs> it is political. I get that. But, like, people, I can't. Now, once I see something, because I'm like, no, I'm like, yeah it's a big political stuff but it's also the small interactions that you have with mm, people yeah. the small small ways in which you see other people behaving which are incredibly negative on the internet that you don't have to engage with if you don't want to imagine if you saw like it is imagine if you saw walking down the street like an argument every 10 steps that you took you'd be like oh my god everyone's so stressed today it's the same it does the same just because you're not hearing it Twitter. out and it's your voice yeah. saying it in your head it's even more mm dangerous sometimes that it's you the one that's like do you know like you don't you don't hear their voices yeah, you don't you're hear, doing it yourself you're doing yeah. it yourself yeah. so, it's like it goes point. in a bit deeper I think yeah. uh, the internet scares me so much yeah. I can't even that's like but I think that you can there are ways to monitor you know how you're seeing the internet like and you know the the opinions that are coming your way and also just monitoring your time online and social media yeah for yeah. like I think like two years or something. Oh. Yeah, I didn't have Instagram. I didn't have. To, I just didn't. Did didn't you get it Facebook. back for music or? I was got it, it back for work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now I, I do. I feel more comfortable with it now. I feel less afraid of it because I, ha I'm very ruthless with my steps of making sure that my bubble is giving me everything that I want from my life. Do you know what I mean? I'm being informed. I'm being. I'm seeing positive stuff and. I don't really like even the fact that this has been my thing recently because I follow like quite a few of them like blogs like mm. do you know what I mean like street blogs and all of that for like a laugh but now I'm like you're just borderline I'm seeing too much stuff that I is like anti-women and like mm. anti and I'm like and it's like cool it's a joke and like I'm all for a joke but to be honest it's just too much of yeah, that yeah, information yeah. going into my head too often so I'm like I'm borderline I'm following everyone and I'm curious obviously in the music industry it is a, a sort of a, a world where a lot of it is about who you know and who you interact with so like how do you make sure the people that you are friends with the people that you know in real life how do you make sure those interactions remain like pure pure do you know what I'm trying yeah. to say like that yeah. it's a I think it's I don't real. really, I'm completely like, it's who you know. And if you put me in a room, I'll happily network and talk to people. But my online is very personal to me. And my feed, I know that sounds mad, but it is the reality that we live in. Like my feed is very personal to me. And all of my friends that are in the industry are positive people. They stand for things that I stand for. And... I don't, like, they're not... Also, I'd, I'm not a very, like, I'm not a madly serious person. Like, everyone that I... All of my all of my people that I... My peers or whatever in the music industry, they're all on a very similar wave to me. So, I don't know, like, I just... Yeah, I just kind of try and just make sure that I surround myself with people that are 
nice people. And if you're not a nice person, I don't really care whether you can get me to the next spot in my career. You can just go and do one. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean, though? It's like, I don't really, I don't have time for it. Yeah, I right. really don't. Like, my mental space is so precious mm. and can be so quickly brought from one place to another horrible place that I just, I can't. I, and I'm not a fake person. I can't, like, I, I, I'd rather not just not, mm. I'd rather not have no interaction with you mm-hmm, than have, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? I don't know if that made any sense. No, it did, yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it, I get it. Well, thank you. So thank you. Oh, so God, that was quick. Like, <laughs> I think actually it was longer, but we just had a really good conversation, oh, so yeah. it went really fast. No, that was amazing. Thank you so much for no, speaking to us. thank you. For, honestly, thank you for having me. Like, it's been lovely. Oh. We've got um, three quick fire questions. Are you ready? Oh, You've got one second to answer. <sighs> These things make me so nervous. I can't. My hands are sweating. <laughs> Shaking and sweating. Uh, favorite song at the moment? Oh, um, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Loyalty by Sasha Kimon. No, I'm joking. What's it called? We can leave it there. It's one with Tiger. And know. he's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's so, it, I heard it so many times. Sasha, you've longed this out. I know. <laughs> you can right. sing it for us if you want. Oh, oh my God, sing. No, I'm not. No, I'm not here to do that today. <laughs> I'm just here to talk. Um, uh, favorite TV show? Oh, uh, uh, MasterChef. I love MasterChef. Yeah. Um, and a role model of yours? My mum. Oh, mm. that's so sweet. Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, only sometimes. Hard on you, but you love her. Yeah, 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 definitely. Oh. Well, thank you. Smash the quick fire round. Yeah, oh my God, I'm really happy that's done now. <laughs> Literally, everyone gets so... Yeah, they get flustered. stressed. They get I so get stressed. so stressed. No, that's like the worst thing you can do to me in an interview. Like, for real, because like, I'm just like, oh my God, what if I answer my own question? What, <laughs> what if that's not... And now I'm like going to be going home like, what's that my favourite TV show? <laughs> The vibe really? has shifted. <laughs> well, thank you. No, thank, thank you, thank you thank so much. Like what the understanding that she showed mm. of her emotions is very like was very mature. Very mature to be and seven. I, won- I wonder if that like, I wonder if maybe that comes hand in hand with having all of those swirling thoughts that you're forced to mature Mm-mm. quicker. Perhaps I don't know. And I just I there's just. I don't know, whenever Sasha speaks and whenever she speaks about mental health and like self-harm and depression and anxiety, there's no filter. She like she's not she's not thinking about packaging up for anyone. She's just saying that this is my experience. And I think with Sasha, that's the thing that makes her so easy for people to relate to Mm -hmm. and to see their own experience in. It's like she's a normal girl. She's been going through it and it's okay. It's all right. I'm going to talk about my medication. I'm going to talk about this. I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about the other. And it all and that kind of like that relatability or that just like very much thing of being in your feelings and being okay with being in your feelings, I think comes through in all of her music, which is why mm-hmm. I love all of her music and mm-hmm. why I play it every day, why I play her EP almost every day. Um, so yeah, it was a pleasure. This has been an II Studios production. Our researchers for the series have been Sana Huck and Alicia Ali. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L. 
D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening.